Hello everyone, my name is Lee Nichols and I'm Editor-in-Chief and Associate Publisher of Hydrocarbon Processing Magazine. And I want to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. Today we're looking at reasons for vibration issues in boilers and furnaces. This was written by Tim Webster of XRG Technologies. Now before we get started, I would like to mention about our new publication that we have just launched called H2 Tech. This new publication is focused on all the different advancing technologies in the global hydrogen industry. To find out more information about H2 Tech, please go to h2-tech.com. And we're also uh, launching a brand new event called H2 Tech Solutions. So if you're interested in supplying a abstract to possibly speak at this global virtual event, please go to h2-techsolutions.com for more information. Reasons for vibration issues in boilers and furnaces. A conversation with a longtime colleague at an industry trade show inspired the author to think about one of the most confounding problems that occur in boilers and furnaces, and that's vibration. The discussion revolved around the fact that systems today seem much more prone to vibration problems than in the quote-unquote good old days. A number of industry trends over the last several decades have contributed to this issue. Vibration in combustion systems has been studied for hundreds of years, from Dr. Higgins in the 1700s to Lord Raleigh in the 1800s and even NASA as part of the Apollo program in the late 1900s. Despite all that research, it is still difficult to predict when vibration problems will happen and how to solve them when they do. So the issue is complex for several reasons. One, vibration can be caused by a single component of the system or the interaction of multiple components. Two, where vibrations manifest in the system may be far from the source. Three, identical units do not exhibit the same behavior. In other words, one may vibrate and the other may not. Four, vibrations may come and go with almost imperceptible changes in wind, temperature, humidity, barometric pressure, or a combination of these conditions. And five, solutions that have worked in the past did not necessarily work for today's problems. Despite the difficulty in determining upfront if a system will experience vibration problems, we have identified qualities that increase the likelihood of vibration occurring. The combustion process serves as a major participant in most vibrational problems. Flames generate noise across a wide range of frequencies and introduce a large amount of energy to these systems. This means that they can act as either sources of vibration or amplifiers for vibrations from other parts of the system. Now the drive to reduce NOx emissions has further increased the role that burners play in vibration problems. Natural gas is now the most common fuel used and, unlike coal or oil, where most of the NOx form comes from nitrogen in the fuel, most of the NOx from gas combustion is a function of the temperature within the flame, aka thermal NOx. Burners now employ a variety of techniques to lower flame temperatures, but this also negatively impacts some operational characteristics. Since lower NOx burners also tend to have narrow windows of operation for excess air level, they can cause vibration when operated outside of these windows. So let's consider the example of a conventional burner from the 1970s producing 150 parts per million of NOx. Although high in NOx emissions, this burner may have reliably operated with excess air levels between 5% and 60%. Compare this with a 30 parts per million low NOx burner, which now must be kept between 10% and 40% excess air, 
or a nine parts per million ultra low NOx burner, which must operate between 15% and 25%. Failure to keep these newer burners in the proper ranges can result in quote unquote rumble or variations between 10 hertz and 60 hertz when the excess air is too low or panting vibrations less than 10 hertz when excess air levels are too high. Systems with high degrees of variability due to changes in fuel composition or rapid load swings may have trouble finding control devices that respond quickly and accurately enough to keep them within this required window. In these cases, higher NOx burners and the use of back-end cleanup systems like selective catalytic reduction may be a better operational choice. When sound waves travel inside a vessel, their speed is a function of the temperature of the gases through which they travel. With a very hot burner flame in the center of the furnace and cooler flue gases near the walls, the sound waves within the furnace travel at different speeds. When low NOx or ultra-low NOx burners try to lower these peak temperatures to reduce thermal NOx formation, they often spread out the heat more effectively in the furnace, thereby making the temperatures more uniform. This creates optimal conditions for a standing wave to form inside the furnace, as all the sound waves travel at the same speed. This is often seen as a high-frequency multiple of the fan speed. For example, when a system with a fan operating at 60 Hz might experience a loud whining noise at 180 Hz, 240 Hz, or 300 Hz. While this high-frequency vibration may not be as damaging to components as rumbling or panting, it can still make the area around the furnace a loud and unpleasant environment. So let's look at sizing considerations. The competitive forces of the market push manufacturers to continuously optimize designs and efforts to reduce costs. When it comes to boilers and furnaces, this generally means making them smaller. The smaller the furnace section of a given capacity, the higher and more uniform are the temperatures in the furnace. Both conditions increase the potential for vibration, especially when coupled with lower NOx burners. Now, a simple way to correlate this is by taking the total heat release of the burners and dividing it by the volume of the radiant section. For example, compare two boilers with a burner heat input of 100 million BTUs per hour. Boiler A has a radiant furnace section that is 6 feet wide by 9 feet tall and 28 feet long. And Boiler B has a radiant furnace section that is 7 feet tall, 7 feet high, and 20 feet long. This gives a furnace heat release for Boiler A of 100 million divided by 6 times 9 times 28, which equals 66,137 BTUs per cubic feet. And for Boiler B, it is 100 million divided by 7 times 7 times 20, which equals 102,041 BTUs per cubic feet. While both units could be capable of meeting the performance requirements of a project, Boiler B has a much higher probability of developing vibration problems. So let's look at fan alterations. Historically, systems that used force draft fans to supply the combustion air were commonly supplied with a damper on the outlet of the fan to control the airflow. To improve electrical efficiency, especially when operating at lower load, these outlet dampers are now often replaced by inlet vane dampers or variable speed drives. However, the outlet damper acted like a resistor in the system, helping prevent vibrations from being transferred from the fan to the burner and vice versa. Eliminating it removes a critical tool that prevents or mitigates vibration problems. 
Since vibration problems occur when the driving forces in a system exceed the dampening forces, it is better to build more dampening into the system rather than less. Another area where this can be helpful is having draft control dampers in the stack or breaching. Often, these are used only when multiple units share a common stack or on very tall stacks. However, when present, they can be another key tool to tune out vibration issues. Many of these tools, like the installation of fan outlets and stack dampers, are expensive to add in the field. Additionally, some of the selection decisions, in other words, things like burner type, NOx control strategy, and furnace or boiler selection, are even more difficult to change after the equipment is in the field. Therefore, it is best to include this analysis up front in the project. Spending a little extra money to include a couple of dampers or not choosing the smallest and cheapest unit may prevent higher costs and numerous headaches down the line. We want to thank you for listening to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column.